around the world today and all across heaven and forever and forever and forever be singing songs about Jesus. He's worthy. He is worthy. Bulletins for October will come to you by electronic mail. If you'd like a print copy, they are in the lobby. Let's turn the Bible to Genesis 3 and Isaiah 53. Genesis 3, Isaiah 53, several stops to make this morning in the Word of God. We've been studying the names of Jesus that are found throughout the Scripture. We started on Thursday night with the names beginning with the letter B. Jesus is in Scripture. His name is the beginning, the beloved Son, the branch, the bread of life, the breaker, the brightness of His glory. He's the bright and morning star. Praise the Lord. And He's the bridegroom. This morning we look at Jesus Christ the branch. The Bible says in Genesis 3 and verse 15, this is God speaking to the serpent on the day that mankind fell into sin. I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Isaiah 53. And verse number 1, Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not." The Lord Jesus Christ came into this world, and, and that seed fell into this earth. It grew up a tender plant, and because that plant was so tender, and because that plant appeared to be so weak and so frail, men had no desire for that plant. Men wanted a conquering king with a sword in one hand and a shield in the other. Men wanted a mighty monarch with a crown upon his head. Men wanted this healer to uh, bring about by his power the health of nations. And, and when Jesus Christ took a different path, when that tender plant went to the cross at Calvary and laid down his life and died, those who had not previously despised him joined the company of those who did despise him. And almost universally, Jesus Christ was rejected by man because he didn't meet their expectations. Some wanted him to heal everyone on earth so they could just live happily ever after. And that was not what he came to do. And some wanted him to put down this governmental power, that governmental power, and bring them a greater measure of liberty or economic prosperity. And he didn't do that. And so that caused some others to reject and to refuse him. And then even his own, they thought... That's what they said on the morning of his resurrection. Those that didn't believe he would rise from the dead said, They thought that we were the, you were the one that was going to redeem Israel. And so, one after another, people took a look at Jesus, this tender plant, and said, I don't want him. I don't like that. I don't appreciate that about him. And so, for all of these years, including the earthly life of Jesus, those 33 and one-half years, and all of these years since he ascended back to heaven... He has been despised 
of men. And he has been rejected of men. But what has gone unseen to humanity because it has taken place in the council chambers of God and it has taken place in the fulfillment of the Word of God is that root has has grown deeper and deeper and spread farther and farther. And that tender plant has grown and grown and grown until it has become a, a great and mighty tree. And on that tree are branches. And four times in the Bible, Jesus Christ is called the branch with a capital B. And in every one of those cases, the, the name branch referring to Jesus Christ looks forward to what he is going to do on this earth when he returns to this earth. Now, those that despise him don't believe he's coming back to this earth. Those who have rejected him have no desire for him to come back to this earth. But the same Lord Jesus that was born in that manger at Bethlehem and the same Lord Jesus who despised and rejected of men was nailed to that cross and the same Lord Jesus that rose from the dead, he is coming back to this earth as God's branch and we're going to see this morning the four particular aspects of that, uh, that name of Jesus as the branch as relates to what he'll do when he gets back. Won't be long. Won't be long. You say, well, they've been saying that for 2,000 years. That's not long in the span of eternity. That's not long in the space of forever. Praise God. So let's pray together. Father, help us this morning. Thank you for the blessed uh, testimonies we've been able to enjoy of your work around the world. Thank you, God, for using a little group of people to carry the gospel to the ends of the earth. We thank you for our missionaries that have gone forth from this church and pray for those that are preparing to go. That you guide, direct, bless, provide for them. We thank you, Lord, for the, uh, the good singing that we've participated in and the special music that we've enjoyed. And now, Lord, as we, as we plunge into your word, we ask and pray that you'd help us to get a little better glimpse of the honor and the majesty and the glory of your Son and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. In His name we pray. Amen. Jeremiah, the 33rd chapter. Jeremiah, chapter 33. Let's look at the Bible together. Jesus Christ is called the branch four times. Each of those times has to do with His return to this earth. Jeremiah 33. The Bible says in verse number 15, In those days, Jeremiah 33, 15, In those days, and at that time, I will cause the branch. See the capital B? That's a name. That's a person. It's not a political movement. It's not a, a force and a collection of human agencies. It's not the endeavor of, of armies and military might. It's a man. I will cause the branch of righteousness to grow up unto David. And he shall execute judgment and righteousness in the land. And what's the result? In those days shall Judah be saved. And Jerusalem shall dwell safely. And this is the name wherewith she shall be called. The Lord our righteousness. Now, it seems that any time a man has stood to preach since, oh, I don't know, uh, as far back as we can see, if he could promise peace for Jerusalem, 
He would be offering a message of hope that was needed in that hour. Certainly in our day, the people of Judah and Jerusalem do not dwell safely. In fact, they probably can't remember a time when they ever dwelt safely. When have arrows or missiles not been flying over that city? When have bombs not been exploded round about that city? When has some nation or another not been plotting the destruction and the ruin of the people that God chose and placed in that land known as Palestine or the Holy Land or the Promised Land or Canaan Land? It seems like there's just been a perpetual back and forth flow of warring armies across that sacred soil throughout the course of human history. And why has no one been able to bring peace to that region of the world? Why has no one been able to stop all the trouble and the killing and the bloodshed in that little corner of the earth? Because the Bible says what is required is righteousness. Not diplomacy. Righteousness. Not military might. Righteousness. Not a universal feeling of cooperation and coexistence, but righteousness. Now, it may offend you, and you may, you may disagree with God's standard of righteousness. But when world leaders fly in from North America and Europe and the Middle East and from Asia to talk about how to bring peace to Jerusalem, and the first thing they do is pour one another glasses of liquor, they are not going to bring peace to Jerusalem. Because righteousness is the only thing that will establish that peace and that security that God has promised. When these sheiks fly in with their multitude of wives and these ambassadors fly in with their mistresses and when they sit around tables and manipulate one another and tell one another lies, there is no hope whatsoever of peace coming out of those talks because they are unrighteous men representing unrighteous governments who have unrighteous designs on that piece of property. But one day, one day, somebody is going to come to Jerusalem who is absolutely righteous. One day, somebody is going to come to Jerusalem who has never lied and never lusted. He has never sinned. He has never transgressed. He has never abused or misused a single human being in all the course of human history. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. And because He is holy, and because He is pure, and because He is just, He alone will stand upon the Mount of Olives outside that city of Jerusalem. And He alone will be able to say to the warring powers and the disagreeing factions, I command you to cease. And by the might and power of His holiness, and by the authority of His righteousness, He will need to consult no earthly leaders. He will need the agreement and support of of no temporal powers. He, by Himself, through the strength and power of His righteousness, will bring an end to all the war and killing and the bloodshed and the famine and the disease and the heartache and the tears that have been shed over that piece of ground. And when Jesus Christ rides that white horse through the opened eastern gate to the city walls of Jerusalem and ascends to Mount Zion and sits on His throne, 
No more western wall at which the Jews wail. And no more temple mosque for, for the, at which the Arabs bow to a rock in the ground. But Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Having put down Jew and Gentile and Muslim and Christian and whatever other faction there might be. Waging war for that piece of land. The righteous branch will come. How surprised men will be that that frail little seed that fell into the ground grew up to be such a mighty conqueror. How the people of the world will marvel as they recall that tender branch hanging, uh, that, that, that tender plant hanging on a cross outside Jerusalem and see him now in majesty and glory riding right past that hill called Calvary to take his throne. Hallelujah. He's still the seed. That seed has grown. He's still the tender branch. But what a mighty plant of renown it has become. And one of those branches will reach out to Israel and reach out to Judah and will establish for them every promise that God made them through 39 books of Old Testament Scripture. Let the heathen rage. Let the people imagine a vain thing. But the Lord will set His King upon Mount Zion. And the branch of the, of the Lord's righteousness, Jesus Christ, will rule and reign on this earth at the city of Jerusalem. That's tomorrow's headlines pre-written in the Bible. You say, preacher, what do you think is going to happen in Syria? That right there. What do you think is going to happen in Jordan and, and, and the Middle East? Right there. What do you think is going to become of Saudi Arabia and Libya? You just read it. The Middle East problem will be solved when someone shows up who is righteous. And the only one that could fit that bill is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's coming again. And when He comes, when He comes, the Bible says, read it again. Verse 15. In those days and at that time will I cause the branch of righteousness to grow up unto David, and he shall execute judgment and righteousness in the land. In those days, and not one day before, in those days shall Judah be saved, and Jerusalem shall dwell safely. Thank the Lord, there's a branch that can get that job done. And he's coming one day to get it done. All right, don't lose Jeremiah. We'll be back there in just a little bit. Make your way back toward the, new, uh, toward the end of your Old Testament to the book of Zechariah. Zechariah, Z-E-C-H-A-R-I-A-H. Zechariah, chapter number 3, and Zechariah, chapter number 6. There's a second branch growing out of this tender plant. It's the same person. The Lord Jesus Christ. Zechariah 3. Like the sound of those pages turning. Zechariah 3. Verse number 8. Here the Bible says. Hear now, O Joshua the high priest. And thy fellows that sit before thee. For they are men wondered at. For behold, I will bring forth my servant the branch. It's not a political system. It's not the church gradually spreading and converting the whole world. It's not armies and, and, and martial hosts. It's a person. God said, when I want to fix this thing, I'll bring forth one man, the branch. 
Verse number 9, For behold, the stone that I have laid before Joshua, upon one stone shall be seven eyes. Behold, I will engrave the graving thereof, saith the Lord of hosts. Now look, And I will remove the iniquity of that land in one day. In one day. Somebody's coming who's powerful enough to take away all the wreck and the ruin wrought by dirty people thinking dirty thoughts and doing dirty deeds for 6,000 years. One man can clean it all up in a single day. How about that? Now you, you say, well, well, preacher, I'm just going to try religion. You'll spend your lifetime doing everything that religion dictates and you still won't be clean. You can spend a lifetime performing all the duties and all the services and all the rules and all the regulations, that religion, and you still won't be clean. God has a man that in one day, in one day, can clean up all the iniquity of this old world. He could sure take care of you in about five minutes. You just come to him and trust him. Now, Zechariah chapter 6 says this. Zechariah 6 and verse number 12. Speak unto him, that's unto the high priest, Joshua, uh, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, Behold, the man, whose name is the branch. And then there's a semicolon. Before he tells you what he's going to do, he says, Just stop and look at him. Just for a minute, just stop and look at him. Stop looking at suicide bombing Muslims. Stop looking at popes pronouncing things making the Catholic Church's head spin right now. Stop looking at presidents. Stop looking at Republicans. Stop looking at Democrats. Stop looking at health care or no health care. Stop looking at armies. Stop looking at websites. Stop for a minute and look at that branch. Look at him. Because whatever you hope for, it's going to come through him. Whatever this world's longing for, it's going to come through Him. They've tried everything else. It hasn't worked. So they double down and try it again. And it doesn't work. And so they pour more money into it and try it again. And the the Word of the Lord says, Hey, look over here. And He points to a man whose name is the branch. You looking for peace in your heart? God says, look over here. You're looking for joy in your life? God says, look over here. Man, you're looking at nightclubs and boyfriends and girlfriends and, and websites and music sites and TV sites and, and, and nature sites. Why don't you look over here, God says. Look at the branch. Okay, got your eyes on him? Keep reading. I will bring forth my servant, the branch. He's coming to do God's will. Behold the the man whose name is the branch, and he shall grow up out of his place, and he shall build the temple of the Lord. Even he shall build the temple of the Lord, and he shall bear the glory, and shall sit and rule upon his throne. And he shall be a priest upon his throne, and the council of peace shall be between them both. Hey, you know what he's going to do? He's going to rule. He's going to take over. Now what a phrase. What a phrase. The Bible says... He shall grow up out of his place. You know where I belong? I'm a man. You know where I belong? I belong on the earth. You're a human being. You know where you belong? You belong on the earth. Jesus Christ is the Lord of glory. He's the God of heaven. And when he came down here and laid in that little baby body in that manger, that wasn't his place. 
He's out of place. And when he grew up in that carpenter's shop, that wasn't his place. He was out of place. And when he died upon that cross, he's not the one deserved to die. We're the ones deserved to die. He's hanging there out of his place. And when they laid him in that tomb, he was out of place. He's the life. He's everlasting life. He doesn't belong there. Do you know what the Lord said? One day, one day, my branch is going to sit upon a throne in a temple. And he's going to sit with a crown upon his head. And he's going to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And when my son sits on a throne in a temple. Think about that. What we long for as men is a separation of the church and the state. The church is corrupt enough. The state's corrupt enough. You put the two together, they'll put put you to death. (laughs) You don't want a church state. But when this man. When this man sits on a throne, he's so righteous that you can put a throne in a temple and a temple around a throne. And as long as he's the one with the crown on his head, everything's all right. And when he sits on a throne wearing a crown and holding the scepter and all the worship is directed to him, then and only then will he be in his rightful place. And when Jesus Christ is in His rightful place, then and only then will this old world be right. It's not going to be right no matter who you vote for. It's not going to be right no matter how many online surveys you fill out. It's not going to be right no matter how many protest marks you go on. It's not going to be right no matter how many bombs you drop. It's not going to be right no matter how many landmines you clean up. The only thing going to fix this whole world is Jesus sitting on a throne on this earth. And all the worship being directed His way. You know what the Bible says? It's going to happen. The Lord said, I, when you're all done trying your United Nations stuff, and when you're all done sneaking around your CIA, and when you're all done having your coexist peace sit-ins, and when you're all done lighting your candles, I'll bring forth my servant, the branch. And when my servant, the branch, gets here, you'll have the peace you long for, the happiness you long for, the security you long for, the prosperity you long for. It's the branch. It's the branch. Now, if he can do that for the whole world, think what he could do for you. You don't think if you let him sit on the throne of your heart and made him the object of your worship that he couldn't bring you peace? He couldn't bring you joy? Man, you just... Uh, look, each individual, it seems, has to... Has to uh, in, in microcosm, they're the picture of what this whole world's doing. They're seeking everywhere but God for what only God can give them. I hope you won't spend another day seeking everywhere but God for what only God can give you. It's the branch. It's the branch that will bring all this to pass. Well, let's go to Isaiah chapter 4. Isaiah chapter number 4. That's right before Jeremiah. You were saving Jeremiah. So if you find Jeremiah, skip back just ahead of that, you'll find Isaiah chapter number 4. I'm not not trying to be insulting. I go to a new town. I, I, I need directions. So I have my wife ask for them. Because if I ask, it would imply there was something I didn't know. You know how, how men are. Now we get these GPS things. Those things are dangerous, man. I, for years, I, was, I think I was the last person in town with a cell phone. I was about the last person with a GPS. I got that GPS, and I'm trying to do what it says. I'm driving down the road. It says, uh, you know, in, in 
500 feet, turn left at such a street. Well, I got to the street and it said, turn left. I turned left. My wife's yelling at me. It didn't say when the light turns green, turn left. I went right twice. I went right through red lights. Listen to that GPS. It wasn't specific enough. <laughs> the problem, my mom will tell you, I've just always followed instructions. You know, I've always done everything I was told to do. And that, that thing just told me to turn left. <clears throat> I saw one as a picture of this car. It had busted through a fence and it's flying off a cliff. And coming out of the car, it's saying, recalculating, recalculating. <laughs> now, Isaiah, so I was going to say, don't, don't be bothered if somebody tells you how to find your way around the Bible. You'll learn it. But for now, we'll give you some quick, easy directions. All right, Isaiah, chapter number 4. The Bible says in verse 1, In that day, seven women should take hold of one man. That's been a lot of war, a lot of killing saying, We will eat our own bread and wear our own apparel. Only let us be called by thy name and take away our reproach. There's no man to marry. There's seven girls with no man to marry. There's been so much death and bloodshed and killing on the earth. You think it's bad now? You wait till that great tribulation starts. You hadn't seen anything like it. That Second World War, that Vietnam War, that all, all these wars and conflicts and famine and starvation and everything else, Jesus said that great tribulation starts. It'd be like no day before it, and then there'd be another day after it. And so, in, after all that, verse 2, In that day <clears throat> shall the branch of the Lord be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the earth shall be excellent and comely for them that are escaped of Israel. And it shall come to pass that he that is left in Zion, and he that remains in Jerusalem, shall be called holy, even every one that is written among the living in Jerusalem, when the Lord shall have washed away the filth. The daughters of Zion. He shall purge the blood of Jerusalem from the midst thereof by the spirit of judgment and by the spirit of burning. And the Lord will create upon uh, every dwelling place of Mount Zion and upon her assemblies a cloud of smoke by day and the shining of a flaming fire by night. For upon all the glory shall be a defense. How about that? You know who's coming back? The branch. The branch is coming back. And when he gets back, he'll not only take away the filth he not only purge away the blood and the death and the murder, but he says, the, verse 2, the fruit of the earth should be excellent and comely for them that escape of Israel. Man, this old earth, it's been producing bitter fruit ever since Adam ate of that tree in the garden. Fruit of tears and fruit of sorrows. and had a funeral here just this week. The fruit of death. The wages of sin is death. By one man, sin entered the world and death by sin. And all the grieving that comes from shootings and stabbings and killings and assaults. And it's just, it just horrible. You, you pick up a newspaper and you, even if you weren't a Christian, you'd have to put it down and say, Oh God, help us. Oh God, deliver us from all this violence and crime and suffering and death. And one day he will. But it won't be through reformation. It won't be through rededication. It won't be through man's love to his fellow man. And it won't be through... It'll be through a branch. That seed that fell in this old earth a long time ago. That tender plant that grew up and died upon that cross. 
It's been getting stronger and stronger and stronger for 2,000 years. And one day it's going to reach out a branch. And that branch will reach to the ends of this old earth. And it's going to get rid of all the filth of murder. And all the filth of molestation. And all the filth of rape. And all the filth of, of shooting. And all the filth of stabbing. And all the filth of, of robbery. and all. He's going to clean it up. Hallelujah. That's the branch. He's strong enough to do it. And all men combined or not. He's righteous enough to do it. And all men combined never will be. But one day God's going to send His branch into the earth. And what's, it doesn't seem right now like just, just trouble and violence and heartache just springs up out of the ground everywhere you look. When Jesus gets back, you say, just peace and joy and happiness and gladness just spring up everywhere you look. That's the branch. In the meantime, before he comes back and does that for the whole world over, have you let him do that for you? He can make joy to spring up in your heart. He can make gladness and happiness spring up in your soul. Why don't you let him rule and reign? Oh, Brother, brother Roloff, I used to hear him. He, uh, they'd play the church service on the radio. And I remember he used to pray. He'd say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come in this piece of earth. Thy will be done in this piece of earth as it is in heaven. Now he knew it wasn't the time to pray for universal peace on earth. But he could pray and ask God to bring peace into that little, uh, little bit of earth that he was made of. And I believe Jesus Christ do that for you today. If you just trust him. Well, one more to look at. Isaiah chapter 11 and Jeremiah chapter 23. Isaiah chapter 11 and Jeremiah 23. Jesus is the branch. Jesus is the branch. He's the branch of righteousness, according to Jeremiah 33. He's the servant, builder, ruler branch, according to Zechariah. He's the branch of the Lord, according to Isaiah chapter 4. Now, Jeremiah 23 verse 5 says this. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord... And I will raise unto David a righteous branch. See the capital B there? It's a person. And a king shall reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days Judah shall be saved and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. Now what's it going to be like? Isaiah chapter 11, verse number 1. Boys and girls... If you know Jesus, there's something waiting for you that, that you just can't hardly imagine. Now, I grew up, my, my mom, she, she just either trusted God or she was too busy to worry about what I was doing. But I grew up and, and we didn't worry about wild things, but they could hurt you. And we didn't worry about animals and snakes and stuff, but they could hurt you. And, and we lived in a world that was full of danger. One day, boys and girls that know Jesus are going to live in a world where everything used to be dangerous has been turned by God into their friend and their playmate. If you're here this morning and you're an environmentalist, what you want, you can find in Jesus. You can't find it anywhere else. If you're here today and you're concerned about the earth and the birdies and the, and the and little bunny rabbits and the rest of that... What you're hoping for, you can find in Jesus, and you can't find it anywhere else. Suppose, now listen, if you got 
men to stop going in the woods with guns and shooting little bunny rabbits. You couldn't get the wolves and the coyotes to go along with that. Something's still going to eat the bunny. That's just how it is. You can say, well, we're going to pass a law so that men can't shoot Bambi anymore. But some wild animal is going to go out there and have Bambi for lunch. You can't make everything in this creation live at peace with every other thing living in this creation, though I understand your desire for that. It's, it's, I, I get it. I see why people want to save the trees and save the forest and save the animals, because when you compare nature to your neighbors, I get it. <laughs> They're nicer. I, ever since I've read this, I've repeated it because to me it makes so much sense. My, you know, my wife she she raised all these all these dogs, and and there's this argument about whether you know who's who's a man's best friend, his dog or his wife, and and. I say put them both in the trunk for an hour and when you open the trunk, see which one's glad to see you. It'll, it'll be the dog. The dog's just glad to be out. Your wife, she's she got some plans for you. <laughs> now listen, Isaiah 11. L listen what God has planned through the branch. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And he shall make him a quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither approve after the hearing of his ears, but with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. And righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. Now, watch what happens when this branch gets back and cleans up this mess. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the kid. And the calf of the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. Now that's an afternoon of play. Uh, Mom, I'm going outside. Okay, what are you going to do? I'm going to go play with the wolf and the lion. Okay, honey, be in for supper. So I don't believe that. No, no, wait. If you don't believe that, you believe in evolution. You believe that over a million, 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 million times 300 years, accident improves animals. We believe God, in a moment, created them. Now, if God, in a moment, created them, God, in a moment, can change their disposition, their diet, and their digestive system. See, if God made it, He can fix it in one day. If accident made it, you got about 650 million more years of PETA protests before anything even gets started. Jesus is the answer to what you're looking for. 
if you're looking for peace with nature, if you're looking for the animals to be happy, if you're looking for the fishies to start smiling again, Jesus is the one you're looking for. Come on, read the next verse. And the cow and the bear shall feed. Their young ones shall lie down together. And the lion shall eat straw like the ox. And the sucking child shall play on the hole of the asp. And the weaned child shall put his hand on the cockatrice den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. How about that? So I don't know if something, you believe something like that could happen. I don't think anything like that, like that could happen. Every animal that got on Noah's ark got off of Noah's ark. For one year, those animals ate straw. The lions, the leopards, the bears ate straw. The dogs, the cat ate straw. They didn't take animals on there to feed the other animals. They took the animals on there to preserve their lives. And when the flood was over, all the animals got off alive. God did that so you'd know he could do it. And he'll do it again when he gets back. He will, he, he will eliminate killing. Hallelujah. Now you want peace on earth? Jesus is your man. God's branch. You want happiness on earth? Jesus is your man. He's God's branch. He'll do it. He's the only one that can do it. Now, every one of these passages we read about the branch, and this is where it gets tricky. In order for him to bring about peace, joy, and happiness, by righteousness he had to execute judgment. You can't have peace unless you get rid of war. You can't have life unless you get rid of death. You can't have the righteous enjoying a kingdom unless you get rid of the unrighteous. And see, everybody wants what Jesus can bring, but they don't want him to do what he has to do to bring it about. He must execute judgment upon that which is unrighteous. So listen carefully, please. Before we can introduce you by way of a sinner's prayer to the Savior who wants to give you peace, you have to allow Him to pronounce judgment upon your unrighteousness. Before He can save you, you have to admit you need to be saved. Before He can forgive your sins, you have to agree with Him that you're a sinner. Before He can give you peace, you have to confess you've been at war with Him. The Bible calls upon every one of us to exercise repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And if you are willing to turn from your life of sin and rebellion and put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, He will give you the peace and the joy that you long for now and allow you to participate in this great kingdom He's going to establish, but you've got to agree with His judgment against sin and against unrighteousness. All have sinned. Come short of the glory of God. I'm not saying I'm good and you're bad. All have sinned. There's not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. And the wages of sin is death. Upon every single one that sinned. But... 
The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And if you would, the book of 1 Thessalonians said, if you would turn to God from idols, if you would abandon the idol of sin and self-love and come to God through Jesus Christ, that righteous branch would grant you entrance to all of these great things that He can and will establish. The Bible says it this way, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. What a Savior. He's going to be the King. He's going to be the ruler. He's going, he's, he'll be all in all. The branch with a capital B. The Bible says to you this morning, says to me this morning, Behold the branch. Hallelujah.